0: What's up, everybody? This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men and the ISO Comics Podcast. You're listening to my favorite podcast, my favorite guys, the Heroes Home Base Podcast. Listen to it, love it, subscribe to it, rate it, and then do it all over again, like an issue of your favorite comic book.
1: Hi, this is Mike Zapsik from AMC's Comic Book Men and a Shared Universe Podcast Studios, and you are listening to Heroes Home Base. Wait a minute. These guys are almost as nerdy as I am. (coughs)
2: Hey guys, this is Mark. This is Rob.
3: What's going on, guys? This is Rich. Episode 22. 2-2, <laughs> two, two. Emmett Smith, two-two. This is the beginning of our Mark, second that season. that was a football reference, just so you know. We are in the heart of season two now. So uh, why don't you, uh, Mark? Why don't you take it away? What do we, uh, what do we get in?
2: What are we getting into this episode, man? Well, a couple of things on my end. Um, Since we've interviewed Anthony for for his My Comic Shop Country documentary, he listed a bunch of comic book stores that are close to me here on the East Coast in New York, Uh, one of them being Zap Comics in Wayne, New Jersey. And I have been in contact with Corey, who you saw on the, I believe you saw him on the documentary. Uh, He's been interviewed by Anthony a couple of times. And I actually ordered a couple of comics from Zap Comics. Nice. Because all the stores have been closed, he mailed them to me. You're nice. Oh, what'd you, man. What'd you get? What'd you get? A couple of Fantastic Four issues by John Byrne during the John Byrne run. So I'm telling you, man, those stories are awesome. They were so excellent, and I was so happy to get them. So I and he packaged them so well. So shout out to Zap Comics in Wayne, New Jersey. So, you know, although they have been closed, and some days they've been open, some stores have been open for curbside service, it was cool to see that the comic stores can't be stopped in that way. You know, right. I was still able to order and still be entertained by them and still sort of have that hunt, but just kind of have that anticipation of waiting for them in the mail. So that was really exciting. And just knowing that the comic book stores can't be stopped in that way, that they can still, they I mean, I can tell that he took time to really package it properly and make sure that they didn't get bent or damaged while they were en route to me. So that was nice. So that's something that you know, comic stores are still mailing out comic books to customers. I guess um, let's get to let's
3: get real here, Mark. How long did it take you to read the four issues? I would say,
2: yeah. Uh, it took me about five minutes. Maybe an uh, maybe an hour. So you jumped you, you right get, in. You get I jumped drawn right, right in. into that John Byrne
3: artwork. You just get sucked into it, don't you?
2: And he's, a, he's such a great writer. You know, he's such a great writer. The story, the combination with the writing coupled with his artwork, you know, it was just so awesome. It just really captivated me the whole time. And I can't wait to get the, his complete run of the Fantastic Four, which I have my list sitting right in front of me. So I was, it was a, such a good feeling to cross off each number nice. as I was yep. reading them. That's so, looks like the con so list, went, man.
3: The liberating feeling of scratching one off the list, man.
2: Exactly. And so also... In that regard, I believe it's Zap Comics and also A Shared Universe. A Shared Universe opened, it's going to be opening their doors in Ashbury Park and on the 8th, I believe. And Zap Comics is going to be open for business June 15th. So
3: like the majority of New York, like for you to get back into just going to your local store is going to be the 15th of June? Yes. So by the time this gets released uh hopefully you will have visited your comic shop by then i hope because like in in columbus man everything's open now i mean what what's the date today the 7th of june yeah yeah yep and i mean we've got everything open at this point so hopefully uh hopefully you get back to your store here pretty soon Uh, i know i called you the other day and we're talking about the the much delayed brian azarello uh one shot uh, black label Birds of Prey book that I told you you need to get your hands on and I'm, I'm anxious for you to pick that up and uh, give, it a, give it a read and let me know what you think about it.
2: Absolutely. I'd be interested in giving that another shot, Birds of Prey. Just, you know, with me, I just, the writing, the artwork, and the material that it's printed on all has to line up for me. But I'm excited to check it out again. It's been a while since I've had my hands on an a recent copy of Birds of Prey, and I would like to check it out and see see what it's like. So, Mark, I know in the future,
3: um, I know you want to kind of be, for the podcast, you want to kind of be this traveling source to these comic stores. So I, I know, like, do you have just a, a list built up right now that you want to get to and, and maybe possibly interview some of the people there? I know you want to go to Zap. You want to go back to The Secret Stash. Is there any other ones that are on the top of your list that you want to kind of visit and get a get a kind of feel for? I know you want to just do that traveling sideshow for the podcast. So
2: yes. Um, I want to check out and it's in August, and I'm still thinking about going to the Emerald City Con in Seattle. Also, I want to go to Mile High Comics in Denver. Yeah. And also I really especially since I found how close it is to the strip, I really want to check out Torpedo Comics in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, man. It's 15 minutes from like the MGM Grand Hotel, which is the hotel that I stay at. It's four miles from the Strip. I mean, oh man. And I, I follow them on Instagram and their videos. I think they have such a large selection of back issues yeah, and just, they have such a large issue of just rare comics. there? That's the store that has the vault. So I really want to check. And the Fortress right. Solitude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, I really want to check out that store really bad, especially because I try to frequent Vegas once a year. I was doing it once a year, for quite a few years and then i stopped but i you know i especially since i now you got a renewed purpose in going there yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. i mean plus i think the guys there sound really cool you know what i'm saying that so i really want to check out torpedo comics in las vegas and i am going to check them out and you know typically when i go to vegas i don't go to gamble i go for food shows shopping and just to lay out and relax but now i have money to reasons to save my money and go because I can get some really cool um comics because again I follow them on Instagram and they have such a large assortment of back issues I just can't wait to dive into it and I thought about calling them and having them mail me my issues but I I I think I'm gonna go I'd rather go there and dig through myself and just to check it out physically and with my own eyes and
3: Nice. Yeah. Rob, you been reading anything new lately? Been checking out some of uh some old stuff. Uh Jenkins um Hellblazer, Mr. Constantine. Um, uh, checking some of that stuff out. I was greatly pleased at my care package that you dropped off for me today, the uh, deceased line some of the one shots that came out after that. And um I was actually gonna dive into um you are obsolete for some of our future episodes, but um that's kind of what's on my radar right now. I was hoping to kind of keep up on some of the Batman stuff that's coming out, but that's kind of where I'm at. Nice. I reached out to Gib uh, this week because uh, Todd McFarlane and uh, McFarlane Toys have been releasing some uh, uh, action figures and stuff, and uh, I they're coming out with the deceased action figure line. It's supposed huh. to supposed to come out. I think August is when it's supposed to be, but uh, I told Gib that I need a Superman zombie action figure so uh he put it on my poll for me but uh he said they're you know they're they've already got you know requests for them so i don't know if there's any delays from releasing that with covid or not but you know when the when the hell am i gonna get a, a zombie superman action figure ever <laughs> so i'm kind of stoked about that but uh you guys been watching anything lately i have been binge watching um comic book men on amazon prime nice and fallen asleep to that actually <laughs>
2: fallen asleep
3: mark you've been watching that
2: oh absolutely i i have always been a fan of comic book men that show has always kept me entertained and it's just you know i just got goosebumps because the, some of the things that they talk about in the show are the exact same things we talked about you know and we still do yeah. talk about so yeah i love the show but and well i'm just i've been been watching the flash on netflix nice um i think i may have said that before but that show consistently has been good
3: I think that's really honestly the best Arrowverse show yeah that there was on the CW um I did recently check out the uh pilot episode of stargirl how is that you know the the pilot was really good uh you know it's still kind of like somewhat cheesy but you know you got to kind of give it a little bit of grace when it comes to a pilot I've been uh talking to my niece chloe about it she's been i recommended it to her and uh she's she's totally up to date i've only watched the first episode i think there's probably three out now maybe um what's that on it's on the dc universe like it it premieres on the dc universe app and then it premieres the following night i believe on the cw so it's okay it's it's on both platforms but uh i gotta catch up just a delayed release release. yeah so it 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 was good it's it's uh it's fun uh, I've been kind of looking towards trying to, you know, come up with a superhero show that I can watch with the kids, Cole and Lex, and hopefully they'll like it. But uh, so far, it was it was okay. You know, Jeff Johns essentially created the character, and he's very, very, very much involved in the production of the show and how it goes. So I'm sure it's going to be, you know, really, really good in the future. But, you know, the first episode, the pilot episode, was it was good. It, it, it hooked me. Well enough. It's got uh, Luke Wilson in it, and uh, he's kind of funny. Uh, the original Star Man was Joel McHale, so it kind of had a little bit of comedy slash, you know, mm-hmm. you know, humorous moments. But uh, I don't know. I'm gonna give it a shot. We'll see how it how it goes and how it builds over time. But as of right now, it's it's pretty good. So. Uh- I'm curious as to why they chose her. I don't know. I know that uh, Jeff built the character around his uh, sister that passed away is the background behind the character. So he's very much involved in the the development of the show and keeping the characters in line to how he, how he originally created the character for. Um, I like it different. when the creator is deeply involved. I think it's true and genuine to the story. So yeah. that's good to hear. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I'll I'll I'm sure I'll review it further on the show and and you know uh, say my piece about it. But as of right now, you know, you kind of got to give a pilot a little bit of a little bit of pass, and you know, hopefully, you know, the actors can build upon the characters and how they relate to them, and you know, just the overall storytelling. But for right now, it was a it was a decent pilot, so I'm optimistic about it. Yeah, Stargirl. I, I give it probably a, a B plus starting out, so. In, in my book that's good interesting yeah i'll check it out well mark do you want to kind of go over what uh the majority of this this episode is going to be about this episode
2: is typically is going to be about what we're, we're going to dive into this season is the marvel versus dc dc versus marvel excuse me dc versus marvel <laughs> no so the,
3: dc versus marvel on issue one and three and then it was marvel versus dc issues two and four
2: that's how petty we are Oh God. That's comic book fans. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Well, that's what we're going to get into this season. So we'd like to hear, we really like to hear back from you guys. I mean, not just the characters that were in this book, but different DC and different Marvel characters who you'd like to see go up against each other. We would l- really love to hear from you. So be sure to email us. Yeah. So that's so, what something that we're going to tackle with every episode.
3: So the this episode, we're going to, we're going to talk about issues one and two, kind of the, like the highlights in the backstory behind the first two issues that really built our friendship. The three of us got together around this particular story. And then uh, we'll go over the matchups that were in the book. I know we've talked about this a few times on the show, but then we'll, we'll discuss whether we agree with the, the way that the matchups played out. And then, you know, going forward, we can just pick, you know, characters against characters and it doesn't necessarily have to be Marvel versus DC. It could be Marvel versus Marvel, or it could be DC versus DC, or, you know, hell we'll even throw a bone and we could have Darth Vader versus so and so. So, I mean, yeah. it'll kind of just be a free for all. And I, I really want listeners to, to, uh, if you've got a really good matchup that you've never even seen or you read about, you know, shoot us an email or a post on Facebook and let us know, you know, i really like to see the Blue Beetle battle, I don't know, Quicksilver or whatever, like a, a matchup that you've always had in your head, you know, something like that. So let's, we can go original and then we'll, I mean, we'll pull from the source material to really break it down, but, you know, let's let's be creative about it and have some fun with it
2: also on this episode we get probably one of i have a lot of favorite episodes of this podcast but this is probably by far one of my favorites is that we got a chance to talk to mike Zapsek and bing chen from the show amc's comic book men which we absolutely fell in love with the first season. The first season is still my favorite to this day. It ran for about seven seasons on AMC. It came on after The Walking Dead. And I tell you, it was such a privilege to be able to talk to these two guys. And you will hear from more of them on our podcast in the future. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I was kind of heartbroken. I fell in love with the show very quickly. It was worth waiting after Walking Dead. It was kind of like dessert, you know? Yeah. Like you watched Walking Dead. They talked your ear off a little bit on the talking dead and then you know you got your comic book men fix but then after season three i dropped cable i don't regret that decision but um i didn't get amc with any of my streaming services and then i think it mark i think a, a couple of months ago you're like hey you know it's on amazon all season so that's kind of why i started binge watching it and just kind of catching up on the last four seasons or so and i've i've really enjoyed that show a lot i just again it's kind of just the random questions that they would ask each other either at the counter or at the table in the back and i just remembered those are the same questions or type of questions the three of us would ask on that god-awful gold couch in my parents basement right it was a comfortable couch but oh my god it was definitely 70s retro um I think that that was probably one of the most memorable things about the first time Kim and I uh went to New York and went to Comic-Con for the first time was that uh, we took a day trip the three of us me Kim and Mark and we went to the stash and we got to meet Walt and take a picture with him and I just remember taking in the store and just taking in you know th- there's the counter that they built for season 2 and you know there's the the pool table that they always sit around at the back of the store and it was you know it was it was really really cool i d- i think the most memorable things from that not not just meeting walt but uh i bought uh kevin smith's uh quiver green arrow uh number 2 signed by him at the stash and then i i picked up watchman number 1 at the stash so that's that's what i'm really proud of from that experience. Nice. Yeah. So without uh, further ado, like always, we're going to take you to the conversation that we had with Ming Chen and Mike Zapsic. So here we go.
2: So I wanted to tell you, um, obviously, you know, we know you guys from Comical Fan and I've actually gotten the chance to get out to the stash a couple of times. And Ming, you and I actually have a bit of a connection because you and I met at WinterCon in December and I got a chance to meet you and you signed my poster here for me.
0: I, yeah, that. Thank you for coming to that. Yeah, that was at a, a, the that casino, um, uh, right by the airport. Right. Uh, I don't know if you heard. Uh, they got held up uh, a couple months ago. No way. Yeah, they got held up. A couple masked armed gunmen went in. Um, grabbed a couple of uh, the money peep guys as they were making a deposit or taking money out for a deposit. They got away. They haven't been caught yet. They got away with a quarter of a million dollars. No, wow. no yeah, way. Yeah, look that yeah. up. It's a it's a pretty interesting story. It's not awesome, but that-
1: <laughs> I mean, it's-, it's, it's horrible. But I mean, at a comic con, a dude's wearing a mask. Who's gonna Who's gonna say shit? It, it, wasn't, mean, it, wasn't,
0: it wasn't during the con, but that would have been like we should do like a geek Ocean's Eleven. That would <laughs> be awesome. Oh God, that yeah. would be awesome. We should do a Comic Con Ocean's Eleven. Um, I mean, uh, you know, we, me and Mike go to a lot of cons and there's a lot of money flying around and it's all, most of it's cash. Right. And, um, you know, we've been, we've always been like, oh man, we should do a heist movie where, uh, you know, these guys get held up or something. (gasps) And, uh, we were too late. Somebody actually did a movie called, uh, super, super con. Mike, what's Uh, up? Hello. How are
1: you? We should do that. that, Like the Thomas crown affair and have everybody dress up like Deadpool, which they're going to do anyway.
2: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> so but you know it's interesting because you know at that con i've owned on my second time going it's kind of like the afterbirth of new york con you know what i'm saying yeah yep. so i only go the, I'll go there for just like dollar stuff or like the really t-shirts that i couldn't find exactly because of, they ran out of my size at New york con so that's the reason why i go and i also was going to see you that year but also we're connected is that on this particular podcast and rich and rob actually have their pull at the laughing ogre and Columbus, Ohio, because we grew up in Columbus, Ohio. We also, I, we've we known each other since we were 13, and so we know that you went there.
0: That's so cool. So I noticed your 614 area code. Um, I didn't know if you were all in Ohio, which is – and Columbus, no less, which is awesome. Uh, I have family there. And, uh, you know, when you go visit family over the holidays, you're like, all right, like, all right, this is fun and all, but I'm going to go hit all the comic book shops in Columbus. Oh, yeah. uh, comic Town is another favorite, of course, and yep. Ogre. And, uh, many years ago they had, I think it's called the mid Ohio con mm-hmm. the hotel ballroom at the, I think the Hilton right by Eastern town center. Yep, um, yep. Justin, uh, Justin Chung used to run that. And, um, yeah, I just love seeing fandom in other cities and it's pretty strong in Columbus, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Martin, it
1: is. Oh, I was going to say, it would have been really cool if you'd said that you were at WinterCon and that was you when Ming brought up the, um, the thievery, you're like, that's that was me. I I
0: about a quarter of a million dollars. I wish. It's so I weird wish. that you bring <laughs> that up, man. Uh, uh, I was like, wow, where did you get that? Where would you get all these Hulk one eighty ones like graded nine point eight? Like, congratulations, that's awesome.
1: You're selling them for two dollars? Exactly. Bring me down. For
2: <laughs> I know it's insane. Just
1: remember, Mark. Volume, volume, volume. <laughs>
2: exactly. And, uh, i will i will you know it's funny because we, I would, I live in Brooklyn now, so I'm talking to you guys from Brooklyn, so it's a lot easier for me to get to the stash, and I would say, I would have loved to, I mean you actually told me, you know, why don't you come down to the studio? You said yeah. it was like Comic-Con blew up in there, and so I would have loved to have come down, but regrettably with COVID-19, you know, this, this whole thing just sucks. I'm glad we were able to at least link up this way.
0: Oh, yeah, and uh, when when it's legally, when you can legally come down, uh, please come down anytime. You'll, oh, absolutely. You guys will love it. You'll love it. Oh, um,
2: um, yeah. I've seen, I've Follow you guys on Instagram, and it looks awesome in there.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we just moved, so we just moved. um What <laughs> literally? What was it, Ming? A week before we had to shut down, or two was, weeks?
0: Two weeks. Yeah. Luckily, we got everything in there, and uh, it was it was pretty much set up. And but still,
1: uh, it was like, and, and we still have stuff to do. Like. Wow. I, like our big purple couch, the legs broke out from under, so I had to build a, a thing. <laughs> I had to get that <laughs> over there. So it's it's like, oh, someday, someday we'll be open, maybe. It's, uh,
0: it's very Joker purple too. If uh, if you're nice, they're like, nice. You're
1: like yeah, <laughs> Are Jack Nicholson purple. So also awesome. what are you guys
3: doing right now as far as are you guys doing uh curbside at the stash or what's how's uh COVID-19 how are you guys prepping for that are you uh, guys open we, now or
1: what Not really uh we still uh Governor Murphy our esteemed governor um <laughs> has still put the kibosh on anybody being in a store mm-hmm. so technically we are if I have been doing curbside for people. Like I'll run it out to them or, you know, make sure that they come in one at a time. Right, uh, right. We've, got, we've got a spit shield.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, everybody does. <laughs> yeah, because why wouldn't we in a comic book store? Right. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for that Walmart lady to come in and tell me I'm stupid. I'm stupid for not not helping her. I'm stupid. And her are pushing like uh, everything over and spitting at me she hasn't been in so I'm, I'm kind of bummed about that guys There's i saw the most creator of spit uh, guard the other day. Ahead. i was go getting ahead. a
3: background check and somebody this background check agency actually had those plexi uh window well coverings <laughs> <laughs> like that's what they were using i'm like oh my God. they must have been out of plexiglass at the store Somebody on Facebook today, I saw them, they were actually, at least in Columbus, golf courses are open, but there's a golf cart, and there's a literally a plexiglass between
1: the passenger and the driver on a golf cart. Like, really? What are we doing here? I mean, I get it. I get the fact that people want to get out, people are done. I I understand completely, but it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And, And the people wear just wear a goddamn mask. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's like I have <laughs> trouble breathing. Uh, no brush your teeth. Work, <laughs> brush, yeah, extra works. real Well, that much. Yeah. It, it might go smoother. If you do that,
0: maybe. Yeah. A little, little
1: banaca right there. Hey, there go <laughs> and then put the mask on. <laughs> yeah,
0: If you're going to build a partition on a golf cart, why not just pull, pull like Mobile and just build yeah, right. mobile in that case? Like, Or,
1: or better yet, why not just give them big hamster balls where they can- <laughs> Right. I think that would be cooler and it'd give them a little bit more exercise. That's right. Agreed, agreed. <laughs>
2: you know, we obviously, you know, we were huge fans of Comic book Men, and in particular right. that first, yeah, I'm telling you, I have, all the seasons, I got it because I, I missed it so much. And particularly that first season, you guys, it was so awesome. The way all those books that came in though, Hulk 181s and the giant size X-Men and all those awesome books that you had coming in and all the artwork that you guys had coming in. It was just, to this day, I still rewatch the first season because it was just, you guys were just so awesome. And I'm just, what we always ask our guests, are we wanted, to like, we wanted to know, when did you first fall in love with comics?
1: I can't remember my life without comics. That's that's when I nice. thought. throughout my entire. I have five older brothers, and my father used to take us. We had a and it was literally a cabin in the woods, <laughs> and uh, he'd take six young boys and his wife and their dog in a station wagon. Uh, it, it was like wood a paneling. I'm sorry, what? Wood paneling station wagon? Absolutely. Oh my <laughs> god! It was a road <laughs> queen family truckster. Oh, <laughs> He would would pile us all in and he would stop at a store and just grab a stack of comic books, throw them in the back and just let us fight it out. And that's how I grew up. I mean, and we would save the books. One of my brothers would put them in a box and I would go through them and I would just read and read and read. And this is you're talking about a kid who's too young to read, but I would start to make sense of the pictures. And that's how I learned how to read. Yep. Same here.
3: rich and i hated reading growing up i think some of that came from the genuine love of a mother who's also a school teacher (laughs) so it was like the we're gonna write in a journal and read a book every day on summer break we're like no i don't this fucking sucks so like (laughs) i think it was like the short stories obviously the artwork and like the words came last but it just made reading more fun so i definitely resonate with that cuz if it wasn't for comics i would probably be in a lot of trouble
1: yeah well like I, I grew up up... Dick was number 1 <laughs> right <laughs> i grew up with dyslexia
3: so like it was like pretty bad like and i think comics is what saved me because i don't want to say i'm mentally challenged but like the pictures helped to break up the story and then to be able to read and look at a picture. It was just a totally different way to learn how to read, and I I really think that comics is the reason that I'm able to read to this day. So, I hear
1: that a lot. I hear that yeah, people come in. There are school teachers who are like, I've got a student who's struggling. Can you recommend something that wow will will help? And and then and we do we you know here you go. These are you know this is perfect for him like ultimate spider-man which is it's it's the you know brian michael bendis did a great job retelling the origin of spider-man but it's he also is a master of dialogue and the way yes real people speak yeah oh what about you i
0: um so i fell in love with comics uh, in first grade uh some kid in first grade had handed me a copy of uh, avengers 214 and that was my very first comic book up until then um i think i caught a couple glances of the 66 batman show and um you know i knew who batman and superman were but i never like i would see photos of them and um it wasn't like now where you know all all little kids have like spider-man sneakers and yeah Avengers t-shirts it was uh you know you would catch a glimpse of uh of a superhero here or there or see spider-man and like the electric company Uh, but I didn't really know, I, you know, they look cool, but I didn't really know where they came from or what their backgrounds were or what their origins were until, uh, I got this first comic book and I started reading through it and I was like, Holy crap. What, what is this? Like, it was, it was literally, I'd never seen a comic book before. And I was like, what, what, who's this dude in the, in this like red and and gold armor? And who's this dude with a shield? And uh Tigra was it was in there, and I was like, "Whoa, what's this? Like, this is this is kind of cool. This furry girl in the uh, with with long red hair and a bikini. I was like, "Whoa, this is this is awesome."
1: <laughs> I, I want you to know,
0: you're all glossing
1: over the fact that Ming was, just said that he saw photos of Superman and Batman. It's like people were passing out photos. Like, have you seen this guy? <laughs> yeah, is
0: yeah if and, you um, do
1: here's a number to call. It's j Jonah Jameson
0: right <laughs> and um I was particularly fascinated by the cover of that issue, which is uh it's 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 Iron Man being taken down by the Ghost Rider right. So, so there's this dude with a flaming skull and a motorcycle. so I you know I'm six, I didn't know what any of this was. um you know, the coolest thing I'd seen up until that point was Star Wars so yep, right. What the, heck, what the heck is this so I, I i read that thing cover to cover and i remember being fascinated by these costume superheroes by ghost rider and i really love the ads that were in there There were like hostess fruit pie ads in there and there was um there was an ad in there for the saturday morning cartoons that were out at that time oh yeah and i was like oh, yeah crap this is this is awesome and uh i i was hooked immediately so um and then there's a there's a there's a subplot in that issue which i didn't know what was going on but uh, the issue prior, uh, Hank Pym had yep. Had, yep. had hit Janet Van Dyne, had had and, and he had he um, he had slapped her. But yep. and, and this issue had dealt with the aftermath of that. He gets kicked out of the Avengers. He goes to they show him like checking in at a Flophouse House Motel. Yep, I'm like well, what's going on with this guy? I'm like I don't know. Like I don't, you know he's he's whatever. This is boring. Let's go on <laughs> to the fight. And uh, you know, because my parents didn't beat each other, so I didn't. Know what, right. I know what domestic violence was. Like, thankfully. you. Right. And uh, knew of me. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't. It, it wasn't until actually many years later where I decided to go back and pick up Avengers two thirteen to actually see what happened. But um, I like I was I was hooked, man, and it, it it um that that got me way into comics. So that that love started at six years old. And it it went for a while, and uh, I was a big fan of GI Joe, so I'd pick up the GI Joe comics mm-hmm. later on. For and uh, it was cool. They started at a quarter, then fifty cents, and then they. I was like, why why do they get, keep why they keep raising the price? This sucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was reading a lot of the a lot of the '80s um, like uh, toy property comic books that Marvel would put out. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that that's how I got into them. Though it was uh, luckily, I wish I knew who that kid was. I would go back and thank him for sure.
1: Right. <laughs> Nice. You can
0: blame regonomics
1: on the prices going up so much, man. right?
0: war, I guess. <laughs> so
1: more <laughs> price for the same amount of comics, buddy. Yep. yep. So,
3: kind of a personal question: what What is what would you th- like our listeners to know about you that maybe they wouldn't get from just kind of watching the show or even getting the opportunity to kind of meet you guys at a con? So, like, what's something? I guess unique about each of oh, you.
0: I am um, the thing I hear about me and Mike, especially people who meet us at cons or at the store. Um, I mean, they're like, "Whoa, you're like you, you're like you guys are on the show," and I'm like, "Wow, why, <laughs> well, why, why wouldn't we be?" And uh, I guess there's this perception of uh, reality TV where it's not real, and you're like you're and you know you're acting or whatever, or you know right. uh, this is just kind of like a Hollywood version. Of you and uh, I think me and Mike are pretty proud to say that we didn't have to do any of that like none of it, um, you know, we didn't have to uh, make some uh, up some personality, Uh, we didn't exaggerate anything about us, Uh, if someone brought in a GI Joe item or uh, 80s toy and you see me getting excited over it like that's that genuine. Was genuine like that's <laughs> mm-hmm. that's you know if you bring in a GI Joe aircraft carrier of course i'm going to flip out um <laughs> if you bring in star trek migos mike's mm-hmm. gonna flip out you know these are things that uh, a lot of the stuff i hadn't seen in years and i was like holy crap that's uh that's awesome so i think a lot of people um are like well you know is that really you and then they find out very quickly that yeah that that's 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 us for sure um I think a lot of people wanted to peek behind the curtain of the TV show, though. They're like, well, what, you know, was it scripted? Uh, you know, are you guys reading lines? Or are you guys acting? And um, I uh, if you ever meet Brian Johnson, the guy with the beard, you'll yeah, know yeah. That you can't tell him to do anything, including read lines <laughs> off. Of, like, he's funny already. There is no. Right. He, the last thing he wants to do is read lines off a of script unless he's getting paid millions of dollars to do it. Anything. And he's writing
1: himself because he's not. He's like, you're not funny. He thinks like, and rightly so. He thinks like there are three people who are as funny as him on the face of the earth, and I think he's overshooting by like one or two. <laughs> he's, he's damn funny and damn quick. So, uh, and it's it's impossible to to beat him with a line because he'll get it out there like sure. over that because he doesn't have a filter. <laughs> I I tried it once to like. Like get rid of the filter and just say for an entire day, oh my god, I had so many people like I can't believe you said that. Holy so crap! Like. Yeah, and Brian came up to me, he's like, "Holy crap, even I have a line." I'm like, "No, you don't. I'm like, don't <laughs> lie to me. you don't have a line?" He's like, "Tone it down." <laughs> yeah, I think the,
0: the difference between Brian and us is like he genuinely doesn't care. Like if. Yeah. If He says something you get aff- really offended or whatever, he doesn't care. <laughs> like, I care. That's I'm perfect. like, oh, man, I, I did I cross the line? Oh, I'm sorry, you know. I, I immediately, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, the um, it, yeah, it was basically you know, people came in to buy or sell things, and then it was like, all right, go be funny and uh, we'll edit around this, you know, we'll edit mm. out funny stuff and we'll, we'll keep all the gold for you guys. I'm like, thank god for you know, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, always. Can you follow me around in real life and do his form? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know you're not hundred 100 of the time, but if you could edit all the, just all the good stuff out, it's going to come across pretty well. But I mean, it was all stuff that we came up with. Uh, I guess this is what we did anyways. was sit around the comic book store and joke around about uh, you know flux capacitors and and the force and yeah. uh, you know what you know if we had a, a, a sci-fi garage, which which vehicle would we pick? Uh, this is stuff that we we would do anyways. Well, um, that's
3: that's what I personally loved about the show was kind of those short little like prelude moments where you're in the back, just having those regular conversations like, you know, if you're going to be this villain or you're going to be this because that's kind of how Rich and Mark and I kind of bonded. And how we met was just having those. It wasn't in a comic shop. It was in my parents basement. But it was like, you know, it was like, you know, if you could be this person, what would you do or this vehicle? And that was kind of what I related to more so than even the really cool stuff that came in the door. I'm like, that's, I, we've had that conversation before. We did,
2: we, I mean, you guys, we we were like, this show was like, we connected with the show so much because we had those same exact conversations and we came across those same, we had such a passion and appreciation for, but we were like 14, we, we were, we've known each other since we were 13. So we were 13, 14. So we had that same kind of appreciation for like, for example, Avengers volume three with Kirk Busick and George Perez when they first, when that first came out was when we became friends. So we had appreciation for that artwork and we had an articulation for it that kids our age didn't have, but they didn't appreciate or understand that kind of artwork and the stories that were being told. And we had those same exact conversations in that basement. So that's why, even though we were adults, when the show came out, we were like, we, I would have goosebumps. Cause like, oh my God, we had those same exact conversations and we just so related to you guys so much. And you know, you guys told us when you first fell in love with comics, for me, a couple of years ago, I, we all have our holy grails. And so my holy girl a couple of years ago was X Men One Hundred and One, and we got a chance to meet Chris Claremont, and he signed it for me. And I like fanboyed out. I freaked out. Straight
3: up fanboyed out.
2: Straight up. (laughs) And he talked to us for about ten minutes. It was a line. He stood there and talked to us for about ten minutes. He was dropping all kind of gems on us, and how he called Marvel the machine. And he would tell (laughs) us how he called the machine. He told us how he wanted. Wolverine to be a certain way, but Marvel wanted it a different way. He wanted the whole Phoenix Saga to be one way, but Marvel wanted it another way. And so he said that he actually talked about how they kind of butted heads a bit. So that was my holy grail. What were some of your holy grails?
0: Oh man, I um man, I so that Avengers 214, like I kept I kept that, uh which was good. What I'm I mean, right currently I um I am looking for a copy of Action Comics 242. Um we just got um I, I've had I have this for a little while. It's a little bottle city of Candor um uh statue uh nice. with a real with a real glass dome <laughs> nice. from a company called Tweeterhead. And uh, I've been looking for it came with a separate base that looked like it's from the Fortress of Solitude. It looks like it's uh, made out of ice and it was out. And I contacted Tweeterhead. I was like, Hey, this, these are sold out. Do you have any lying around? And um they looked around and they found um they found like a painted prototype. He's like, "Well, do you want this one?" I'm like, "Dude, I'll totally take that." And it's yes. got that um but um I went back and read uh action 242. It's the first Brainiac and it's the introduction of Candor. And I was like, "Wow, this I uh, I I found a copy online that was kind of laying around. I was like, "Wow, I wonder how much uh, you know, even a crappy copy is." And I was like, "Oh crap, this is really expensive." So <laughs> yeah, it's like a 2.0. I saw one without I saw one without a cover for about three hundred bucks. And then I saw one and the cover looked really weird and it was I was like, What's going on? Somebody had cut out Brainiac like perfectly using an exact what? and it reminded me of a story that Mike told um not that long ago where he would he cut up some of his brother's comic books back in the day. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I don't even think they were they were your brothers. Your brother, did he borrow them from somebody? He borrowed them
1: from a friend of his. Like, it, imagine if you will. Mark, <laughs> you, you loan Rich your books. Now, Rich, are you older or younger than Rob? I'm older by five minutes. Whoa. <laughs> I had a feeling you guys were twins. All right. So, <laughs> now, your younger brother, Rob, sees this stack of comic books that you borrowed from Mark, and he starts cutting out the really cool images from there. Now you owe Mark some money, but worse than that, bro. You have broken trust. (laughs) You have broken trust with Mark. That's what I did to my brother, my poor, my God. I, 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 he was so pissed at me, (laughs) you know, granted there were, it was, um, there were sixties and seventies, Iron Man, uh, Avengers, Captain America, they'd be worth about two to $2,500 now. All those, yeah. But back then, thank God for um, before Reaganomics, they were it was um, but it was finding them. So let's say a stack of 50 for 10 is is like 10 bucks. Right. So my father had to give 10 bucks and he's like, well, you got a comic book collection now. I'm like, oh, awesome. And so I
0: took care of them much better after that. Yeah. Comics. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm like everybody else. I want. I would love to have all the key issues. Uh, I would love to have the giant size X-Men one. I would love to have the Hulk 180, 181, 182, Uh, you know, you name it. But I, you know, most of the, if you want those, you want a graded copy and you're holding them on for investment, which, uh, you know, graded comics uh, goes, I think me and Mike have the same opinion. You know, it goes against everything that we love about comics. Mm -hmm. We're using them in plastic where you're not supposed to break them open. You can never read them again. Right. And all the gold inside in the pages and i'm like well what fun is that you know like why that defeats the whole purpose of a comic book uh you know if you create a sports card great you can at least you can see both sides and there's yeah no, right there's no filling in the or
1: same the same thing you get to see both sides
0: yeah and now uh, and you know we always go back and forth i'm like listen uh, you know that's gonna it increases the value of the book it preserves the book but it can of defeats the whole purpose so what i've been usually after lately when I go to a con is I try to find the crappiest copy of a key issue that I can find. And if it's reasonably priced, I'll, I'll buy it. And, um, I, to me, I think that's way more interesting. Um, I think that book tells a story of some kid bought it off of drugstore. Yeah. 60s or the eighties read it, like, you know, threw it under his bed, um, you know, uh, shredded it in his bicycle spokes. Like, I don't know. And then who, who knows how many owners that went through before I got it. And um, and uh, I was like, well, I think that's and and I can read it, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, d- hopefully it's not too delicate, but and uh, you know, and I'm not paying you know ten grand for it. You know, um, I think that's way more interesting. So that's um, that's actually what I've been trying to trying to collect lately is just crappy I've, copies of key issues.
3: I think I'm a nerd because like trying to explain to my young kids that like I want to watch VHS tapes from like growing up. And it's not necessarily the content that I'm trying to watch from a VHS tape, but it's the commercials. Oh and yeah. the ads. And it's the underlining things that are on that tape that I'm like, look, man, Ronald McDonald was a shit back then, man. Like, look, he had the fry guy, he had Grimace. It's just like don't forget the nugget guys too. Just
1: right. I'm you you just saying like burdened. Birdie, birdie. Yeah. Would you right. guys excuse me for one second? I'm gonna show I'm gonna grab something. I'm gonna show you guys like they're not they might be grails for you, but um I've never even shown Ming these. Hold on. Okay, man. yeah, all, all yeah. right.
0: Oh Mike's got stuff, he's pulling stuff out of the vault for you guys. <laughs> wow, no,
2: this is so awesome. It's funny because I Ming, mean, I totally am with you. Like, I'm currently not collecting anything new. Like I was telling you, I'm into the John Byrne runs right now, the Roger Stearns, the um Chuck Dixon's, uh, that, I'm looking for the older stuff now because the new stuff, I'm just not impressed. I just, the content is just not there. The kind of writer-artist combinations yeah. just aren't there for me right uh, like they used to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some great ones out there right now, but I, to me, and you know maybe we're old school, maybe I'm sounding old, but it's like they weren't, they weren't as good as they used to be, and I genuinely think they aren't. So, yeah, you're... You're old. <laughs> I, and, yeah, I'm, old. Yeah, and I'm old.
1: I've never even shown ming these.
0: Okay. Oh boy, all right. Oh, Whoa. oh.
1: oh my god. No, can you see it? Oh.
2: Uh-huh. Yes. No, no, crap. I mean,
1: hold on. Here you go. There you go. See that? Oh oh, oh,
0: Stan the man. Stan Lee. Did wow. he was that sign when you got it? Did you get him to sign yeah. it? Stop by. Okay. Oh, oh my man. God.
1: What a three. <sighs> nice. That's incredible. These came into the store. Um, and this is, this is actually a kind of a cool story. My father passed away about five years ago and, um, uh, he great guy. Uh, he was 86. It was his time to go, but he left us all, um, uh, a very modest. Uh, like I said, I have five older brothers, so we got a very right. modest um, inheritance and, these people came in and my brother called me out. My brother was the executor of the will. He's like, I'm gonna cut you a check next week. Just wanna let you know, keep your eye open for it. And uh, a, a gentleman and his wife came in and they were selling these. Wow, and they're holy like, smokes. I, and they asked for a very, very fair sum. And I said, if you can wait one week, come in in one week and I'll give you an extra $400. And um, they did. And that my this is like my father's last bequeathment to me. So I'm like, hell yeah, dude,
2: those that's are awesome. awesome. I th- so I my, think-
1: father, my father was watching out for me. He's like, you know what? I think you deserve a- absolutely a- I mean, two things. They go to my sons. So, well, wait, Heck you yeah.
0: have two sons. Which one gets which?
1: <laughs> I'll let them fight it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, that seems that that's a, that's the only way to settle this. Exactly. Yeah, Fight for my love. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on comics today?
1: You mean like today today, like yeah. today today a minute. <laughs> yeah um, we're, we're, we're boned. Um, you know, hopefully <laughs> everything will go back to a semblance of uh, normality, if you want to call it that. Uh, I think that DC and Marvel have to up their game.
3: Absolutely. I
1: really think that the old stuff that they've been doing just isn't going to cut it anymore. Um, it's been two months since anything's hit the racks. And when we got our shipment in last Tuesday, last Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, of the first you know, new batch of comics that have come out since Corona hit, um, <laughs> I sold more hardcovers and trade paperbacks of old stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then the new stuff went, and I sold them to myself. So I'm like, uh, all right. So half of our invoice from last week was covered by me because wow, out. Uh, you know, I got the George uh, Adventures of Superman by George Perez. Right. Um, that came out, and what else came out? Uh, like Superman and the Guardians of the. Um, it, it was a team up book of all old Dick Dillon stuff, and. You know what, they've they've got to get people back to that, that sense of wonder. You know, that's that that was the the keystone for comic books from when I was growing up. That, that right. it, you know, if you wanted something, you wanted to, to read a book, you had to get people hooked from the splash page or even the yeah. cop you had to make them want that book. And Marvel did it extraordinarily well back in the, the 60s, 70s, and even into like the eighties uh dc started to catch up with them you know uh with the new teen titans and when they started making things a little bit more relevant when you know when they they actually broke the stranglehold that uh marvel had on all the really great artists yeah you know they they started bringing the guys over like george perez jack kirby right so they're not doing that now they're not doing it and it's, it's you, killing me. As a retail. if you had
3: to, if you had to make a
1: recommendation, because
3: out of the three of us, I'm realistically the only one that has a current pull at a comic yeah. store. So you got a, a a young kid that comes into the stash and says, "Hey, hey, Mike, what would you recommend to me that's hot
1: right now?" Would you struggle with that? I I, I would have to think. You know, I I would turn him onto some older stuff. I'd be right. like, "Look, guess what." You're, you're coming in at the perfect time. Everything's sort of, you know, on standby. Buy some older books. Let's right. get started. And, you know, start at the beginning. And, you know, concepts that they threw out, that, especially DC, because they threw the baby out with the bathwater how many times? With <laughs> yeah. 52. With, starting with Crisis, to be honest yep. with you. I mean, yep. as good a story as that was, it fixed nothing. Nope. Right. So for me...
3: And even I, Rebirth, dude, like that didn't like you could tell that got hacked right at the halfway point, And it wasn't it didn't pay off.
1: And New 52 was supposed to be like, hey, we're starting everything over. But except for Batman and Green Lantern, because, you know, we got a lot invested in them. Well, and that's what actually turned me off.
3: I mean, not only, you know, kind of grown up and, you know, getting a mortgage and responsibilities, like, uh, let me take a break here for a decade, but it always drove me crazy. Even when my brother and I were totally fine and dedicated was like the 52s and especially with DC because we're obviously more DC guys is that you had to buy the entire damn catalog to, to be able to keep up with anything. It's like, can I just read Batman and Detective and some Superman? Why, why do I got to get... Catwoman and Nightwing and, and Robin and all you this other have to. crap. You I'm like, have to. I mean, I get it from a sales perspective, but it's like, I can't afford every yeah. DC issue. From- no. <laughs> and
1: to be honest with you, you shouldn't have to. You what? should have and, and this is coming from a retailer. This is a, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who I, I understand, you know, I understand that for this past two months, there are people who are like, you know what, There and there are going to be people who will come back when we reopen. Be like, listen, don't pull for me anymore, yeah. and yeah. I understand that. And it does it hurt me personally? Absolutely, but right. Make I keep telling Ming this. Uh, we've done this on I Sell Comics a whole bunch of times. Our, our podcast about um, you know the the weekly comics report, uh-huh. and DC and Marvel have to get their heads out of their ass. Stop being corporate shills and yep actually care about the characters that they're shepherding because Disney paid $4 billion for Marvel, not just to make movies. Correct. That's part of it. And that's like a huge chunk of it. But, um, Marvel, especially the cinematic universe should be like, you know what? We're taking all of these ideas from 40 years of their 40 actually, (laughs) sorry, I'm doing a little math in my head close to 60 years. Of um, history from them and making them into these fantastic movies that make more money than I, I don't know ninety percent of all of the the country's right. you know gross national product. So right, take ten million dollars and throw it back into you know their, the Marvel Comics group and make it you know a going concern again. Make it so that the the next bunch of creators who are coming up are writing for like 20, 30 years down the line. Now, not just something that, oh, hey, you know what? Green Lantern, great idea, right? Hey, we'll make him an overnight sensation after 80 years. You know, nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were.
3: Absolutely.
1: you're Nobody. It's very true. As a matter of fact, they they weren't even, um, they weren't published for close to 10 years. They hit, John Byrne put him in. One panel of She-Hulk. One panel. It's amazing. So um, that's the only time that they saw any, you know, the light of day for anything. And then they become this billion-dollar enterprise. (laughs) So take $10 million. Throw it back into. Create your infrastructure. Reinforce it. Make it. Get an architect. Get a guy in there who loves the medium. Get a guy in there who... Did you ever see that episode of it's always sunny with Charlie and the big board? He's down in the, um, they no. get, uh, it's, it's great. Charlie, if you don't watch it's always sunny, you won't get the reference, but he's got this whole, um, like the, the string theory and he's got him. It's like his, his insane mind blew up on, on this wall, no. but you have somebody who, who looks at the continuity and is like, all right, this is important because of that, because of that, because of that. And that's what they're everyone lacks continuity and caring because dc's like all your stories happened everything's everything still fits you know just in not in a multiverse and we're never going to mention that word multiverse we're never going to call it you know earth one or earth two or earth three no don't worry about it we're fine which as nerds we love that kind of that that kind of continuity that you know somebody cared about enough to take this Juvenile idea and and make it important, important to me, important to a bunch of people. Like you guys bonded over that avenger story. That Avengers story was, you know, came off of Heroes Reborn. Yeah, Heroes Reborn sucked. <laughs> that was Marvel farming out to Image. Oh, this wow. is, and that's that's why it didn't work because you had a bunch of Image guys who used to work at Marvel who were like, I have a great take on this, and I'm sorry, you know, I I respect. Each and every one of the guys who worked on them—Rob Liefeld, uh, mm-hmm. Jim Lee—all of those guys—they they had great ideas, but you can't reinvent the wheel. What you can do is you can keep it rolling, and that, that's that's my take on it. What do comics need? Comics need an architect. Every every one of the the big three, big five, what, however many you want to call yeah. them—you know, Dark Horse—they all need their architect, and they all have to have their own internal mythology. Yeah, one what of if- my ideas. I and I love this. And it's uh, I'm not original in this thinking, have a huge crossover between Marvel and D.C. Yeah. And at the end of it and uh, do it for a year. And then at the end of that year, have two heroes switch universes like oh. Captain America and Batman Oh like hell Batman yeah. in the Avengers. How cool would that be? Very cool. <laughs> yeah leading the justice league pretty badass right and who wouldn't buy a comic called cap uh captain america's detective comics hell yeah
3: well it'd make you respect the genre like a hundred percent right it's like it's no longer about universes and you know loyalty
0: so to speak but you're loyal to the genre exactly it's about money Mm -hmm. yep and it's about money i think that's a that's you know i i that's probably the thing holding it up you know the uh, splitting profits and all that I don't make money. I think it's like it's well, simple my, of course. like, you, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll go and buy multiple copies if they do that. I mean, that's and so will all of us. And yeah, seems a lot simpler than it, it. It seems like it should be so simple. They were and, doing it back in, in the 90s and
1: early 2000s. I mean, that Mark John Byrne did Cap uh, Meets Batman. That was awesome. Yeah. And that had a thread that went through an Elseworlds uh, tale that he did with Superman and Batman. So mm-hmm. why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Think about, yeah, have, and that architect gets guys, gets creative teams for one year. Mm-hmm. You sign them for a one year uh, one-year deal and then you see what's going on at the end of the year and they have to have everything mapped out before they put pen to paper, have I'm an outline. I want to know where you're going to end up.
2: I'm going to remember that, that. That's that, have an architect. And you know, that that doesn't make a lot of sense because it's so much is just like they're just willy nilly right now. So that that makes a lot of sense to have an architect. Now, I, I we actually I know we don't have you guys for too much longer, but during our show we always try to do um, the latest news. And so the biggest thing this week was obviously Zack Snyder's you know
0: yeah.
2: Justice League cut. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? We'd love to hear from you about that.
0: I, uh Mike, would you like to
1: begin or? Uh, oh my God, I just took up like. Forty-five minutes. Okay. From-
2: <laughs> we we appreciate it because you're so right. I mean, I didn't want to cut you off because I mean that you were so right in what you were saying. I mean, you totally saying what our listeners feel and how we feel. And I'm just you know, and you've been doing you're an actual re- retailer. You know what I'm saying? So you're on the so. The, it, I mean, I appreciate you saying everything you said. It's really,
1: not a problem. And if you want to know my my take on the Zack Snyder cut, I think they're rewarding bad behavior for yeah. fans. That's I that for me it's like I would have been like screw you, Zack Snyder cut you're never seeing it ever.
0: um, What do they have in you know in either lost footage or uncut or you know cut footage that is going to make this better? Now I know there's like oh we're going to dump another twenty million into this. Mm I list all the major stuff has been shot. Uh, I know you know Zach had a family crisis unfortunately he couldn't finish it in his vision and they had to call in Joss Whedon but what (laughs) I, this is all that this should have been taken care of in the beginning. Why when the original script as they were making it and now, you know, they're going to go back and George Lucas it, I guess. And you know, you, you saw what happened in George Lucas, like, well, I'll make star Wars better. It totally did not. And (laughs) I'm really wondering what, what is out there that we haven't seen or what they could reshoot that is going to make this like, Oh, wow, this completely changed the movie. Um, I was trying to go back and see what maybe director's cuts were better than the original. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's a very short list. Um, I, I can't even, I, I'm even trying to come over those. Remember the There's one? The
1: What's that? The Donner cut of Superman. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and it's essentially you're just sitting through Superman one and Superman two. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, um, and you take out all that Richard Lester nonsense that he yep. did. I will say and this is really a comic
3: movie but um the special edition of aliens is by far the best version of that movie i <laughs> i'm trying
0: to remember what they put back in uh you know, oh, they, they
3: put like 45 so, minutes of extra stuff
0: in Sentry there guns uh, there was a there was a scene where ripley's sitting in like an like a holographic atrium yep like you yeah, found out about her daughter cool.
3: um well, you get to, to see you get to see Newt's like family go to the right. ship. Right, you meet her. And brother. I was like, all, I was like, how did this stuff get cut out? It was it's I don't know. Was it Stop. the extended edition that you you realized she was in hypersleep for 57 years?
1: Or was that on no, the stand? They revealed that, that.
0: They revealed yeah. that. and, okay.
1: um, and Rob, I thought you said nudes. New ones. When you think you get to see nudes, family, I'm like, you get to see nudes? Oh, hell, on. <laughs> hey, uh, and, uh, 45 minutes of nudes. Hey, that's all. You well, have it's James Cameron,
3: him. so nudes would be like, um, oh god, how did they quote <laughs> mate
0: on uh, Pandora and Avatar? That was
3: way more fucking disturbing. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and the other movie, the, the the director's cut of The Abyss, uh, just makes the movie make sense, <laughs> actual sense. Yeah. But that made it better. So. I don't know. I mean, will I go see it? Of course, I will. Um, mm-hmm. but I just want to see. Like, well, all right, let's do, Zach show me your best. Uh, will how how do you ma- how do the how do you make this better? I guess uh, they're I guess they're gonna allude more to dark side that I'm I'm hearing which would be cool. Like, are we actually going to see him? Like what? I just don't know. See for me. So I've actually, I've been
3: looking at this and I've been trying to just ignore some of the speculative stuff at this point. Right. Cause it's like, Oh, how are they going to break it up? And it's so hot right now that it's like, just trying to guess what's going to happen. I guess I'm more in favor of seeing it only because I'm way more pissed off at, DC Warner brothers and the profit machine. Right. Oh, sure. like, can we yeah. just let this man actually tell the story that he was going to tell yeah. if his daughter didn't die, you know, and I, and I completely appreciate hundred percent guys, the, the bad behavior. Cause you know um, I was listening to um, Kevin's podcast from Thursday and the point was made, you know, we don't get as fans or as viewers or consumers, we don't get to participate in some of that creative process we just have to consume and you know we either like it or we you get hate what you it. get um I think if there wasn't the mixture of Warner Brothers always trying to make the latest Nolan movie or <laughs> Snyder's daughter dying and not really getting to complete kind of the the overall vision right. you know that he started with Man of Steel, I'd be hundred percent with you with screw this. I don't I don't want to see this. Well so I said just, before you know, on our show is like am I going to be more pissed off that I get to see the cut and then I don't get to see what his total vision is because he's not going to get a justice league two? Is he going to go ahead and uh, work in the, the nightmare sequence? Is he going to answer a lot of the questions and wrap it up because he's gets this chance or are we going to just be left in the same situation like well i don't know what what to say about it you know i've really thought about that this week but i i get what you're saying yeah where like
0: it it is kind of cool i um i mean i didn't ask for it i don't know if mike did but uh it was kind of cool they they listened to (laughs) I guess, and um they don't listen to me for anything but the problem now now i'm hearing that there's a director's cut of suicide squad and you know maybe yeah I'm like, come on. Where do we draw the line here now? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. There's a better cut that that we didn't show you because for whatever reason, but now we'll put it out. I'm like, oh. hey, how about
1: that Catwoman uh, cut that, you know. Yeah, there's
0: a, there's a, Hallie <laughs> Hallie yeah, there's a rat girl. Oh, God. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> that's been the
3: drawing thing we'll talk about movies on the podcast and we're like what is the one comic book movie
1: that you, you think is the worst and everybody always says oh, well i didn't see catwoman i didn't even yeah, see it and it was the worst. it was so bad i didn't even it." it's a yogi berra thing yeah <laughs> it so bad, I didn't even see. I,
0: um yeah is, is josh trank's phone ringing is there a of <laughs> the fantastic four that oh is- yeah really no, that's <laughs> that's a good one right there sweet christmas that was awful Oh, <laughs> uh, roger corman's going ha
1: see i'm <laughs> the only one that made a good fantastic yeah
0: i like josh i just ran an interview he's like oh yeah i read my uh you know I, I told stan lee what my idea was and stan lee endorsed it i'm like oh please come on <laughs> he said, oh, please like, Stan didn't even know what you were saying he was just, i know he's like come on bro stan had his hearing aid turned all the way down yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Mike and uh, Ming, what, what is your
3: all-time favorite comic book movie, if you had to pick one?
0: Oh, man, I usually go back to the first Iron Man movie, which I just re-watched. Yeah, oh, what a great... Um, I, you know, some people say you know, 2008, that's kind of the one that kicked off the whole MCU. Absolutely. And, um, uh, I mean, I think it played a very big part, but I think uh, that movie is pretty much almost perfect. And, it, and, it, uh, yeah. and what Jon Favreau did was nothing short of brilliant, I think, and Incorporating a lot of the the comic book storylines the lore uh and the the acting is spot on i mean robert downey jr is tony stark there's yeah. no i you can i don't think you could have gotten any more perfect uh a perfect- we were
3: making the comparison on a past episode where like the whole first act of that movie where he's falling from grace and is trapped in a cave and has to reinvent himself like i view that as that's really robert downey jr you know, yeah. reinventing his career.
0: Yeah. I, I, I and... Yeah. I, I, I You couldn't have picked the you know, dude woke up in, in his neighbor's kid's bedroom, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> right. You, right. You couldn't have <laughs> asked a more perfect person to play Tony Stark. And, it, and not only did it work out, but it continued. And it continues on to this day. And, uh, you know, but had not had John. And I think uh, the studio didn't mess with his vision. Like you never hear them butting heads i think they're kind of like hey you look like you got this uh you know go ahead and uh and it and it all worked out but i think that one uh that's yeah that's a great movie and not only does it appeal to us who love iron man and marvel comics but it appeals appealed to the world it got the world yeah. into the, into uh into our world and i think uh that's not easy to do as we all know no. for many years of being tortured so yeah <laughs> Good on Jen Favreau. Who knew from Swingers to the Marvel Cinematic Universe to the (laughs) like I couldn't I wouldn't have seen it back then, but but God bless him. Um, Yeah. yeah. For me, it was um, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah.
1: As perfect a a movie as you can possibly get. Um, We got to see the fall of Shield. Yeah. Yeah. We got got to see. uh, Yeah. We get, to, we get to see Robert Redford get shot in the gut. That's kind of awesome. Uh, let me <laughs> see. Um, the Russo brothers. Holy crap. Speaking of, you know, people with vision here. Yeah, exactly. Two guys who um, humble beginnings. Community. Yeah. <laughs> Six seasons in a movie, that which didn't happen. I'm, I'm still waiting for the movie, Netflix. Um, <laughs> but they understood that. And they're comic book fans. You can tell. Because they're like us. They look for the little things in the background. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I love most about comic books is those we knew about Easter eggs 40 years before the rest of the world did. Yeah. You know, plot plot threads that go through, oh my God, how many comic books? (laughs) You know, these are things that are important to us. And actually, turns out they're important to other people too. Right, right. When when you set up a um, and I'm going back to the TV show community, when you set up a joke over three seasons, you know, they say they say the name Beetlejuice one time per season for the first three seasons. And then three seconds after you get to see a guy dressed like Beetlejuice walk by <laughs> their room. That's genius. Yeah, yeah. Expect nothing less from guys who work with Dan Harmon who from what I understand is, and I met him once, solid guy. Uh, he's got his, his idiosyncrasies, but I mean, a lunatic genius.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> That's <are> the best <laughs> kind.
1: Yes. So everything that you see in Winter Soldier, there's, there's a little Easter egg to it from Cap's little um, notebook of all the things he missed to, you know, him meeting, uh sam wilson which is i mean anthony mackie who could play the falcon right i know right (laughs) and i mean it was a toss-up i i had to think about that is it winter soldier or was it civil war i'm like no winter soldier because you get to see this friendship because right at the end he's like you don't have to come with me he's like yeah i know when are we leaving right yeah (laughs) that's the essence of steve and sam's friendship back in the comics they were like like steve and bucky yeah, yeah. yeah. So.
2: so I want to tell you guys, it has been such a pleasure and a privilege to be able to talk to you guys. We we it means the world to us. It really does. And my last question to you is that we've been doing this maybe how long? Maybe about a year or so. And yeah, for me personally, you guys have been such an inspiration. And me wanting to, you really have, and be wanting to make this podcast successful, and just really just the art of our genre conversation. You guys have been such a big inspiration for us. Can you give us any any advice to longevity? To just, we'd appreciate any advice that you could give us.
0: Uh, yeah, Ooh. I'm, I'm uh, you know, yeah, we got a couple things. Uh, one, um, keep doing it, of course. And um, it looks like you've been recording even through this quarantine and this, uh, this coronavirus, and uh, you know, and, and I uh, we just want people to keep going. Um, We uh, we try to get people I was like, hey, record weekly, you know, uh, you know, comics come out every week, record that podcast every week. I think um, uh, it was that and the the old TV show schedule that inspired us to be like, hey, let's, um, you know, imagine if if if, um, Game of Thrones like ended in a cliffhanger and the next Sunday night. They're like, "Eh, we didn't feel like putting out an episode. So you're not going to find out. What happen. Yeah, I don't know right. when you're going to put out another episode. You're going to lose that audience pretty quick. So uh, we try to get, we tell everyone to just be consistent and uh, um, and uh, your audience will definitely follow you. But I mean, the other thing is just talk about what you love, which obviously you guys do. So that's, and that's not like groundbreaking advice, but sure. I think a lot of people worry so much about, um, you know, I was like, oh, will people listen to this? Like uh, I want to talk about this. Maybe not a lot of people will be into this. It's like, well, just by talking about it, you're going to get those people into that. Right. So just talk about what you love that week. Talk about whatever you want to vent about that week. Uh, I be think nerdy. That, be as nerdy as you can. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. That. No worries That's with that. Saying, <laughs> I, I mean,
1: if you go back and you listen to the early I Sell Comics, I, I would hold back because it's like, I'm like, nobody wants to hear about this. And exactly what Ming says. Nobody cares. Guess what? Exactly people what care. People care. You know, the more passionate you are, the more passionate you're going to inspire other people to be. Be the change you want to see <laughs> in the podcasting world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got off an inspirational calendar. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so- and really, the other thing I try to tell people, uh, I you know, we go to a lot of Comic Cons. And, um, you know, if there's an opportunity to pick up a quick interview with somebody, uh, you know, obviously we have a little more access, but even then we have to be like, oh, man, should we go ask him? Like, I don't know. Like, um, but I tell people about Comic-Con, I was like, hey, go up to your favorite creator or artist or, you know, guest and see if you can score a quick interview for your podcast. Uh, I think podcasting is so prevalent now that most people will, will agree to at least five yeah, minutes course. to not only talk about uh, talk on your podcast, but I think every, you know, even like Chris Evans is probably working on some indie project that he loves to death, that he doesn't get to talk about a lot. Uh, And he will for your podcast. So, um, you know, go and bring a recorder or your cell phone with a voice memo. Go see if you can score some content for your podcast. and uh yeah, that exactly. was going to be
3: Mark here, like before the quarantine. You're going to go to Emerald City, and you're um, going to, go to Seattle. Yeah. You're going to go to Colorado, and yeah,
0: yeah. I had
2: I had my ticket for the Emerald City Comic Con oh, in Seattle, yep. and that weekend is when March 13th yep. is when I was supposed to go, and it yep. I had to cancel my flight. Yep. I had an appointment to get a tour of Mile High Comics because oh, Kevin had went two years yep. ago, and I saw that. And I'm like, so so. I had an appointment to get a tour of the store. Cancelled. I was like, oh my
3: god. Well, that
1: was when like Washington was the Epicenter. So, yeah, I was right. like, nope.
0: Still, uh, 2021, my friend, is when we our grand return.
1: Also, murder hornets. So, yeah. Right, right.
0: right,
2: yeah, that's insane. COVID
1: murder hornets. So, you, that's a one-two punch there. But I
3: saw it on Facebook. Somebody's like, "Will somebody fucking say Jumanji already?" This is yeah, exactly ridiculous.
0: right. That's hilarious. That game. Roll that dice. Finish the game so yeah, we can go on. on. I can go Seriously. I, I Robin Williams died. It should like. <laughs> clap right? <laughs> right. It's game over. Well, no, so we blame the rock, right? It's the rock's fall. Son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah. So
1: in the face now. You know, I, I was know, you spoke with uh Chris Claremont for 10 minutes without a recorder. So you yeah. can actually score yep. that. Yeah. In in real time, in, in legit. Like, hey, I'm gonna promote you. So yeah. never ever be afraid to ask somebody for an interview.
0: Yeah, if they say no, then you make fun of them on your podcast about how they were right. <laughs> interview. We do it all the time. Yeah, turns out I have to get uh, Philip
1: Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire on uh, one of the podcasts that me and I do. I didn't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, I yeah. Next time I'm if
1: anybody Columbus, knows Philip Bailey? Could you? send Next him time
0: I'm, I'm in, in Columbus, I would love to podcast with you guys. Uh, Hell for, yeah, dude! For real, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, you know, if you want to go down to like Seven Sun Brewing and and podcast there like that would be awesome or, or a hoof hearted or something like that. We could go to comic. Yep. They have plenty of table space there with all the, uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and the guy, <laughs> works, we're, we're good. You know, we're, we're friends. So, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, these are things, uh, I, you know, I, I would love to do with you guys. So, um, and if you guys are ever in Jersey, yeah, come, come, down, come down, come down. Yeah. Come
2: soon down as soon as you guys go. are open, I'm coming
0: down. So will you guys be there when I come down? Oh yeah. We'll make a point. We'll schedule it for sure. Awesome. Let, so, me, so, yeah. let me ask
3: you guys a question. What is your favorite Kevin Smith movie?
0: Ooh. So <laughs> mine, um mine, it's a very close race between Clerks and Dogma. Um Clerks was the first one that I saw. And I mean, it literally changed my life. Uh that you know, I saw Clerks. I made a website, Kevin saw it. He hired me. I wound up podcasting and then on a TV show. So that and and the message of clerks was uh, you know I, I was very much Dante I didn't know what I wanted to do I worked at a dead end job right or I know I idea what I wanted to do but I think I loved Dogma uh, one because um he he threw me in it so that was the first Kevin Smith movie that he threw me in but uh, I like Dog was like such a movie that I was like I was like wow I've never seen a movie like this before and then the second time, I was like wow this movie's like a comic book come to life with like a, a you know a poop monster. Okay, <Kevin>. Um, I mean, this is yeah. I was like, wow, this is like preacher and uh, like superhero movies, like kind of rolled into one. So it's a very close race between those two.
1: Nice. Mike, what you got? Uh, I first saw the, the very first movie of Kevin's that I saw was Mallrats. Yep. Uh-huh. So, uh, and I stole that the VHS tape from Palmer Video, which is no longer around. That limitations is over. They still want well. you to rewind it and return it. There. Yeah. Uh, I, I will not be kind. I will not rewind. <laughs> um, um. But Clerks, I saw it directly after that, and Clerks also spoke to me. And there's the third that I love too. It's uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot because uh, we was awesome. awesome. So. <laughs> so. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> quick quick
3: question about um the guests that you guys have had, because I've been perusing old episodes oh, of the yeah. show, and I'm like, oh my God, like so many of the all-stars have passed and they've been on the show. So it's almost like looking at old episodes where Stan Lee was there, Adam West was there, Peter Mayhew was there. I'm like, these are some of like, at least for me, the last like interaction I can see on film. So like what were some of your favorite guests that have either passed or they're still live that you guys
0: had on the show, uh, I mean, you, you, know gotta take Stan, you gotta take Stanley yeah. out of the running, I mean, automatically, that's uh, right, take Stan
1: and Adam West out because they're too like they're synonymous too, yeah. with um, you can't say Adam West and not think of Batman, you can't, sure. you know, say Stanley and not think of everything that we're fans of, right? So, uh, um, yeah.
0: The thing I remember about Adam West was they're like, hey, Adam West is going to come down. And I'm like, oh, man, um, you know, we didn't know what to think. Uh, we'd seen him at a couple cons and kind of kept to himself. And uh, you know, the interactions were pretty good. But he never really went out of his way to be like, hey, you know, he signed the autograph. He, uh, you know, he would bump fists. He didn't shake hands and he would take the photos. But uh, we, we were like, OK, what, you know, what, what's it going to be like? And uh, we didn't know if he was kind of going to come down. I was like, all right, well, what do I got to do? And where's my paycheck? You know, and he came down,
1: we've and, had them. They, yeah. They've been there.
0: Yeah, but he came down like, hey, we we've only got three hours with them. He's 82 years old, so he can't stick, stick around all day. And he came down. He looked like he was having fun. He I yeah, he, he, like, fun. he had fun. He was joking around with us. He was like singing. It was awesome. And I was like, wow, this is cool, man. I like the I like it. Oh, wow, that's really awesome. And that's the thing I remember him coming down. Uh, Peter Mayhew was, uh, you know, it, you know, uh, inside outside, like anytime we saw him, just like the coolest dude, like the nicest guy, um, General Giant, whatever you want to call him, he was like such a great dude. Uh, Billy D. Williams, uh, I mean, anyone from the original Star Wars universe, we flipped out over. Oh hell yeah! I think that really boiled down to like if you caught me and Mike, uh, you know, as we were six year year olds or eight year olds, and like, hey kid, come here, uh, you know, thirty years from now. Um, Chewbacca and Lionel Calrissian are going to come down to the place that you work and they're going to be on a TV show that you're the star of. Like, like, we'd be like, what? wow, what? 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 Yeah, seriously, pal. Stranger danger, stranger danger.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, we also get to thank Reagan for that
0: one.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: it's so tough. You know, Jim Lee came down. Um, yeah. Rough minded. Yeah, Snyder. Yeah, Scott Snyder and Greg John Jr.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. I mean George Jr. came down. Yeah. George Perez was one of my personal favorites for a, a multitude of reasons.
0: Yeah, George Perez. Right. Uh Lindsay Wagner from uh, the Bionic Woman. Like Man. Well, that's that's, cra- that's Michelle crazy. Michelle Nichols. Michelle Nichols. Yeah. It's a, it's it's, um, it's it was pretty crazy. I mean, every, everyone was awesome. I think we kind of picked out, you know, we wanted we wanted to see people on there that we not only were we flip out over, but kind of got it, you know, kind of embraced uh, who they were in the pantheon of pop culture, and uh, it was pretty awesome. We're we're very, very lucky for sure. Oh, my God, yeah. Mike, I think the biggest thing that,
3: like, broke me up about the show was when you, the Hurricane, when you lost your collection, like, how many total books was that? Like, I remember (laughs) like, sitting down with my wife, and I'm like, Mike just lost his collection. (laughs) Like,
1: and she's like, who's Mike? And who's Mike why are we
3: watching this show
1: after the Walking Dead <laughs> why, <But> why like <laughs> why do you why, why are you crying? You right. the, here Rich that uh, I lost just about every book I had oh, so, um, but we had great insurance and you know one of the the nicest things one of the things that I love about um, being a comic book guy and you guys are you guys know this the thrill of the hunt yes
2: yes yes yes
1: so i mean it just made me go out and and you know find all the books that i lost so and even if i couldn't i couldn't find those particular books i upgraded yeah so
0: yeah to me it was like well i found the ark of the covenant once uh, now i gotta i'll go find it again (laughs) and yeah and this time it won't melt my face off so yeah
3: (laughs) so i gotta tell you guys on a personal level um i shared this on some other episodes um We um, recently interviewed um, uh, Hamaker, creator of, uh, I mistitled his book also. That was lovely. Um, (laughs) He did the coloring of the Bone uh, series when they went to Scholastic. um, And the um, Pathfinders Society is one of the books he just did. And I was telling him how I was starting to read Bone, which is one of my all-time favorites with my son. Uh, My six year old son, my oldest. And it's just been really cool to kind of pass down some of the really, you know, fun things with my kids. And I was starting probably over the last couple of months just re watching Comic Book Men because everything's available streaming now. And he has started to really like the show. Actually, he doesn't like the show, he likes the theme song or the theme. uh, (laughs) uh,
0: It's pretty cool. It, it is and he's
3: really into uh, robots like he is all about Legos and he's all about droids so no no surprise Ming he rewinds it just for your part he's like, it,
0: I, I like it's pretty cool and if you you know if you look I'm the one that blows up Kevin's that's you know, right, boom, right. <laughs> no, yeah. you so, blow up nothing I, 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 so I saved the universe oh, but, um, we, we all, all... put the zit on his shoulder I was going to say I think it was the shoulder right yeah, yeah um i remember a lot of people were like wow uh, they they all well, they made you like the mech you know the the you know the mech is like wow it's kind of racist isn't it i was like no 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 we, we all got to we all chose what we wanted to be yeah, to remember they, they asked her for a list It was like hey if there were an opening like who would you want to be depicted as I was like oh man it'd be cool if i was like a mech or like a transformer or something and mike you know mike loved mike mike, mike with the with a super mike which was yeah awesome. he <laughs> breaks the like the kryptonite chain they don't call <laughs> chain, but it's definitely kryptonite um, I think the only one person who didn't reply to that email was Brian Johnson. He's like, I think Brian was like He th- it up as like Thor. Yeah, he was like, This is stupid. I don't He was like I don't care. I was like and they were like, All right, well, I guess we'll make him, you know, like a we'll Thor go off the beard. Thor, Thor off the beard, and it and it worked out. Um, I don't I I, I hesitate to think what if he took it seriously, what he would have chosen and if they would have even gone along with it, but um <laughs> Uh, And Walt loves Godzilla, so that's uh, that's why he got Godzilla, and it 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 was uh, it um yeah, it was pretty cool. I remember when they pulled it up the first time. uh, It was right as we were ending the shooting of season one, and I was like, "Whoa, this is wow! They wow, they actually spent some money." Yeah, (laughs) I'm a cartoon. Which is, uh, you know, I think the goal of any geek, right, is be animated in some form. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, we, it, yeah, it
3: worked out. It was pretty cool. So I just want to thank you guys because oh, I course. think the show, and I really appreciate what you guys have said about that. It was genuinely you. And that's super refreshing because, you know, I think nowadays everything is just fake essentially, <laughs> oh, right? Man. We got to make sure, you know, pretty what's much. behind the curtain. But, you know, I think the show in and of itself has just been a really cool way for me. To kind of share some of that nerdiness, you know, with at least my oldest, and as my other two grow up, it, it will they will follow suit, right, <laughs> right, or not? I mean, you know, whatever. But I really appreciate, you know, what you guys uh, have done through the show to kind of make nerdedom
1: pretty <laughs> freaking awesome. So Oh yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: I think it's the only way we know how to live, right? Yeah, well, not. Right.
1: Thank you so much for you know the the kind words. Yeah, I I can't imagine living not like a nerd
2: <laughs> yeah well can we do anything for you guys before we part ways
1: <laughs> I, don't drink, so.
3: I have i have a personal question okay do you guys have a copy of red state at the stash yes
2: because
1: i
3: can't find that damn dvd anywhere and that's my favorite
1: kevin Smith movie great movie by the way um <laughs> out have a print damn it I know. Oh man. That and Dogma both out of print.
3: Yeah, because I saw on Amazon it was like thirty bucks for some like imported
1: version. I'm like, shit. Oh my god. And now, did you say imported or imporn? <laughs> <laughs>
0: was definitely imported. Okay.
1: Oh, I was like,
0: um, they'll come. In. I don't know what the red the red state holdup is. I think Dogma is held up in like weird Weinstein litigation right now. Yeah, over, that's um, what I thought it was. So. But, but red state, state isn't so red I think in, red in red the light of the day, the day, the day, day, day until after
1: harvey's gone so <laughs> it might
0: not be that long then
1: mike who knows Don't
0: um but uh yeah I, think, I i can't imagine red state will take too long before they re-release it all right um, yeah for sure so keep your eyes out for sure i will for sure well thank
2: you guys again take good care of yourselves i will see you guys soon at the guys podcast thank you so
0: much
1: yeah, be Thank safe, you. guys.
0: Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, come down when you're able to. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys in Columbus. Uh, we'll um, we'll go get some hot chicken takeover or something. Hell yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I
1: never get invited to this crap ming.
0: You're invited. You're <laughs> All right, I'm there. i down, Mike. Yeah, Mike, I got three words for you free wrench dressing.
1: <laughs> Damn straight. Yeah. I'm there. Free <laughs> ranch hey, ranch I dressing. love Toledo. So i love Columbus as well. I have no doubt. So, yeah,
0: for, for sure. Hell yeah.
1: And that was our
2: interview with Mike Zapsick and Ming Chen of Comical Quinn. I'm telling you, that was such a great conversation they They are just as in it as much as we are. And they really gave us dropped us some gems. You know what I mean? Those issues that they showed us were so awesome. Yeah. The fact that
3: Mike had uh fantastic four, number one and uh, issues that he showed us that uh, Ming hadn't even seen before. That was really special. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take that as a, A huge bonus from that conversation it was really really fun you know it kind of it makes me kind of sad because mike was just amazing to talk to and he was kind of always one of the quiet ones on the show you know like he was kind of off in the wings and he threw himself in the conversations a lot but he was kind of that wise man a few words and and it was really nice talking to him and i i it's super refreshing when you know someone like ming says you know what you see is who we are and that's uh, i really that was an encouraging comment that they're genuine to themselves while they're you know there's a camera in your face so there's you know you can't ignore that either time definitely flew by in that conversation for sure man it was it was really cool
2: i'm planning on and i said this that you know i'm gonna go down to a shared universe and just hang out with them for an hour or two and um, really, just spend some time with them, and can't get you know. I can't wait to get pick up some shared universe merchandise. You know what I mean, like a t shirt or a jacket or something. So I really look forward to that. Nice. So be sure to check that out. And I would say within the next couple of episodes, we'll be I'll be recording from a shared universe podcast studio in Asbury Park, New Jersey.
3: Nice.
2: I'm really excited about that. So be sure to check out check that episode out. Kind of jealous
3: of you there, Mark.
2: It'll be in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to say about. In the next couple of weeks, I'll go down. All right,
3: boys. So what do you say we kick off this Who Would Win segment? What do you think? I'm
2: down. I'm down.
3: All right. So let's uh, let's set the stage with uh, DC versus Marvel Comics, number one. Uh, I'm looking at the cover right now on the showdown of the century from back in uh, 1996. So this was written by Ron Mars with a special thanks to Peter David. And my boy, Dan Jurgens drew pages one through eight and 17, 17 through 24. And uh, Castel, Castellini, I believe, pages nine through 16 and 25 through 32. So um, what do you guys remember about this book? Uh, I remember vividly that it, it opens with Spider-Man and uh, there's this homeless guy essentially, you know, guarding a cardboard box in an alleyway. Do you remember this? Yep. And light's coming from it, and it basically sucks up Spider-Man, and he ends up face-to-face with the Joker in Gotham City. I mean, that's how it really opened up. And then, you know, the X-Men are fighting the Juggernaut, and then the Juggernaut gets transported to in front of the Daily Planet building, and then Superman shows up and punches him in the face. (laughs) <laughs> and let's keep going the avengers are fighting and uh captain america gets sucked away wonder woman's uh you know saving a police officer she gets sucked away into this portal and the hulk he's hanging out with betty he gets sucked away then superboy is playing with a bunch of chicks and bikinis he gets sucked away then you've got lobo uh fighting you know the cosmic aliens he gets pulled away and then you have the uh, Westchester X-Men mansion they're all talking to professor Xavier and then Wolverine gambit and storm get pulled away and I I just love this this uh, this issue because it's got it's like the ads are for both publishers and it's it's really cool to see what was going on at the time you know what I mean yeah and let's see green green lantern and electra the flash thor aquaman silver surfer captain marvel now branded as shazam the submariner quicksilver catwoman they're all pulled away into this interdimensional box uh, essentially and then you get to batman who's in the Batcave, and bullseye has robin in like a chokehold and is threatening batman because he doesn't know where he is and uh us, both of them get pulled away and Robin ends up in Jubilee's I don't know bedroom <laughs> essentially awkward awkward <laughs> then you got J. Jonah Jameson telling Clark Kent he needs to get his story in at the Daily Planet and they're like what in the world's going on who is this cat who is this cat so then you got you got everything from the Punisher to Deadshot to uh, Ghost Rider and Etrigan, uh Archangel with the Hawkman, you got she hawk and Supergirl, you got the Thing and Martian Manhunter. Then we got uh, Clark Kent meeting Peter Parker at the Daily Planet, and then you've got the Spectra, and it all uh, hinges on the balance of let's see, the cosmic balance tilts, and for the first time, I cannot write it, but what could exist that is mighty enough to thwart the will of the Living Tribunal? And then you've got these essentially these two what brothers that are out of dispute that are representing both universes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they look like
2: um, robot guys or something
3: yeah so that's how the the first issue ends dude i remember everybody's,
2: everybody's been mixed up and and meshed and people yeah. ended up in each other's universes and p- different you know scenes and different lifestyles everybody's getting all meshed and switched up and that's yeah i remember this that very was well the
3: uh this was the excerpt from the back of the decision 96 the fate of the two greatest comic book universes hangs in the balance 11 battles will determine which universe is supreme and you get to decide which fighter will win the battle of the century. There are six preliminary bouts looming in the cosmic title match that is DC versus Marvel, Aquaman versus the Submariner, Elektra versus Catwoman, Captain Marvel versus Thor, Jubilee versus Robin, The Flash versus Quicksilver, Silver Surfer versus Green Lantern. Next up on the Marvel versus DC card, are the five main events the heavyweights, if you will? Superman versus the Hulk, Captain America versus Batman, Lobo versus Wolverine, Storm versus Wonder Woman, and Superboy versus Spider Man. So that was kind of the the original uh, lineup that they that they had predetermined. And I love the the at the end of this where they just have the the stats. Of all the uh, combatants, if you will. So you got the profiles of Superman, the Hulk, Captain America, Batman, Wonder Woman, Storm, Wolverine, Lobo, Superboy, Spider Man. And I just remember, like, you could send in, you know, who would win your official ballot. Do you remember this? Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. never did the ballot, but I remember that. I think we were pretty conscious of, you know, I'm not going to cut this card out of the back of my issue here. So, dude, I remember I, I I don't remember how I heard about this, but I remember we didn't even know that the DC versus Marvel thing was going down until I think like the second issue came out. Yeah. And I remember cuz I went to Comic Connection. It was like, "Hey, where is that?" and it was on the new release wall on the top shelf. So, I remember that, but I don't remember um how we came to know that this was even a thing cuz this was kind of in the period where We were sporadically collecting, remember? Like, yes. Yeah. Just occasionally we would go into a store and, you know, that's. I just remember getting. I I think it was like we got a little bit of money for our birthday. And I remember picking up issue three at the comic store because it was new that week. Somebody somebody actually gave us one as a birthday present because we have two copies of issue three. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I remember walking into Comic Connection and the poster was on the door. Do you remember that, Mark? Yeah. So Was like, it like the, the the cover of issue one poster? Yeah. I believe, yes. Yeah. So, and it was real big, like, you know, place your ballot. Who, who are you going to have win? Let's uh, glance over issue number two, which is Marvel Comics versus DC. And it's pretty much the same writers and artists. Let me see if they changed from that point. It just says, written by Peter David with thanks to Ron Mars. So they flip-flop. Same thing with uh, Castellini and dan jurgens so they just it's like everything else they flip-flopped for round two and then uh the guy that is kind of like the gatekeeper of this portal was access do you remember that guy yes yeah because they launched a dc versus marvel access i think like a four-part miniseries after that i think it was a couple years later So this book opens up with him meeting with a cop, and then you've got Wolverine fighting Killer Croc. Clark Kent and Peter Parker are still like trying to capture the news story. Then you've got Thanos versus Darkseid, which is pretty Hmm. epic. Then you've got Captain America fighting Bane. Then you've got uh, this guy at this Warner Brothers store (laughs) with Pinky and the Brain action figures on the table, and then Wolverine and Killer Croc crash through the window. Gotta plug the stuff, man. Right, and then you've got uh, Nightwing showing up and Gambit's behind him. You've got Wonder Woman and Storm kind of going at it. Then you've got Bane getting ready to crack you know, Captain America's back and his shield comes flying back and hits him in the head. I remember that vividly. And then you've got uh, Batman. Looks like he's tracking down... Uh, the lizard? Doc. Was it just the lizard? Yes. The Spider-Man uh, villain? Yes. Yeah. So then you've got Gambit and, and Nightwing you know clashing then you've got uh let's see here (laughs) wolverine and gambit steal the batmobile you remember that (laughs) shit jason todd style right and then you've got like jubilee like gushing over robin yeah that scene bothered me it was like there was no context whatsoever to half of these things but then it was like oh i guess we gotta fight each other so you've You've essentially got these two brothers, and then it's like in the beginning there were two entitled entitles brothers, although they were also sisters, sexless, and everything in between. They were yin and yang, good and evil, and they encompassed the whole of everything except each other, each was simply me once before they came together in battle unleashing forces that ended and then began all creation over again so it's like this huge splash page of you know a mixture of the dc characters and the marvel characters spread out across this and these brothers are set to do battle with like i just remember the big hands with the dc universe and the blue side and the marvel universe on the red side then you've got thor and uh, captain marvel shazam getting ready to do battle and they kind of do this little prayer thing and then you've got uh back to Thanos versus Dark Side. You've got uh let's see Peter Parker is is beaten up on the <clears throat> the scarecrow. Uh let's see who uh re- really battles it out in this issue it's really just thor and captain marvel at this point looks like they're fighting through a fair and uh looks like captain marvel gets trapped under the rubble and basically transforms back into billy batson thor's hammer falls at the feet of wonder woman and she's trying to pick up his hammer and then you've got aquaman versus namor the submariner and then you got the flash battling quicksilver then uh, aquaman namor going back at it and it looks like aquaman wins that battle, dropping a killer whale on top of Namor. (laughs) Frequently. Right. Then you've got uh, basically like Thor uh, Wonder Woman who's now carrying Thor's hammer. So that's how issue number two ends. And the check... The running score. The running score is Flash beat Quicksilver, Aquaman beat Submariner, and Thor beat Captain Marvel. So that's how issue number two ended. So I guess... For this first series of who would win, do you guys agree with those matchups? Let's. I guess we should just, you know, here's the groundwork. We'll go over the the main the main cards again in the future. It'll be Hulk versus Superman, Captain America versus Batman, Storm versus Wonder Woman, Spider Man versus Superboy, w- Wolverine versus Lobo, Quicksilver versus the Flash, Jubilee versus Robin, Submariner versus Aquaman, electro versus Catwoman, Thor versus uh, Captain Marvel. And silver surfer versus the green lantern so for a recap on this issue like we just said quicksilver versus flash 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 walked away with that do you guys agree with that yes, yes. so we're all three in agreement that the flash is the better speedster versus quicksilver okay so then we've got uh, submariner namor versus aquaman and aquaman took that are we all in agreement of that no i am you don't think that aquaman would have beaten submariner no, I think they both have. I both. They're. I
2: think they're evenly matched. Both are super strong in and out of water. Both have control of animals or the sea life. Um, I. I think that's an even. I think that's a tie for me. It is, Rob.
3: You're a drawl on that one. Yep. What if it's um Jason Momoa in there? Is it still a tie for you? <laughs> yes I don't know I, I I think that this might be my DC bias and I hope that these these conversations spin off from this segment but I just think that Submariner is just a complete f***ing ripoff of Aquaman <laughs> so I'm totally cool with King Arthur winning the bout between the Submariner I guess yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going that route okay so any other comments on that matchup no, <laughs> it, no. you don't agree that the Submariner is a ripoff of Aquaman <laughs>
2: no not really i mean uh, no no
3: all right so thor versus captain marvel thor won that bout are we in agreement of that does anybody have any comments um i i think i I wanted a better fight from that one I think that w- when we go through the the next couple issues, I think we'll agree that some of these should have been better fights, better written storylines, but uh, I, I don't I don't see Captain Marvel uh, besting Thor in a battle. So I, I, I'm cool with him taking that. I just think that uh, at the at the root of it, Captain Marvel is still Billy Batson, a young boy inexperienced and then you're going up against the god of thunder so i i think i'm I'm, i think i'm good with the way that that played out so yeah i don't really have much to add to that except um i've already said it i i wish it could have been a better battle but i'm i'm good with thor winning that one for sure mark you got anything nope i'm in agreement all right so that was the first two issues of dc versus marvel the really the apex of our comic book Friendship was centered around this story, so um, I'd be really interested in uh, what uh, listeners have to say about the matchups. If you agree with the three that we just that the uh, story hammered out, whether you agree with it or not, shoot us an email or a post and let us know what you think. So um, I think that pretty much wraps up the first segment of Who Would Win. What do you guys think?
2: Looking forward to the rest of it. Right? Did i, I miss, uh, Did I miss anything?
3: No, I'm looking forward to using this as a springboard to have more of those conversations about those you know fantasy matchups yeah for sure so i'm excited as to where this this segment will go it was the showdown of the century fellas the showdown of the century we're all like monotone and tired
2: (laughs) yes and i worked today i did
3: did not not work but i physically worked today all All right, right guys well uh thanks for uh checking out episode 22 this is rich this is mark and this is rob um so we really want to hear from our listeners on this who would win segment um nothing gets friends um feistier than um comic book battles so we want to hear you know kind of some feedback so if you want to put some feedback and comments on our facebook page here's home based podcast on facebook certainly can shoot us an email that's kind of old technology but hey you know um heroes home base at gmail.com and we will uh, look forward to that um if you have not subscribed to the podcast would really appreciate you guys doing that hit subscribe on your um, uh, itunes or google or spotify Um, we're on most platforms and again we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, listen to the three of us ramble about something that we love Uh, It's near and dear to our heart. And as always, um, thanks for hanging out with us in the home base. Thank you. thank you for listening to this RMR production ah, boom mm. <laughs> I just got goosebumps <laughs> my goosebumps got goosebumps